Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Guys, welcome to another edition of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm so happy football's here. Tonight, Chiefs at Patriots. Not the best way to open up the season for me personally. Don't like to see the Patriots to start off anything. But hey... They deserved it. They won the Super Bowl. That's how the NFL rolls. Um, so, yeah, I'm just super excited to watch any regular season football. Uh, we're finally here. We got a few players that my home league is watching in this game. You know, obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys in this game that are fantasy relevant. You got Gronk. You got Brandon Cooks. You got uh, Tom Brady. You got, you know, that, that Patriots backfield. Who knows what the hell's going on there? Um, you know, on the Chiefs side of the ball, you got Tyreek Hill. You got Kareem Hunt. Um, so, yeah, so, like, we got we got a lot going on. We got Travis Kelsey. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot going on in this game tonight, a lot of players on our fantasy rosters. So should be fun. So I wanted to talk about a few things today. I wanted to touch on Ezekiel Elliott. I wanted to touch on that situation. Um, I also want to go over uh, a few wide receivers that have positive cornerback matchups um you know if if the guy lining up in front of them you know isn't that great um you know we should take note of that and and it should be part of our process to decide whether we start a player or not it's not solely based on that but you know it's one you know piece of the toolkit that we use in order to decide whether we should start a wide receiver or not I'm also going to touch on running back handcuffs. I wrote an article on upperhandfantasy.com that you can check out that kind of has a chart of all of the starting running backs and who their handcuffs are, whether they have a handcuff, and if they do have a handcuff, you know, how confident are we that they're going to take the full load and they are, you know, the, the real handcuff that's even worth rostering. I wrote another article talking about QBs that I'm willing to stream in week one. Sometimes, you know, you draft a quarterback and, the, and then you're like, hey, his week one matchup sucks. Let me check the waiver wire to see who's, you know, who's available. So, you know, there are four guys that I think that are, are very relevant week one. And, you know, I wouldn't feel bad, you know, for throwing them in the lineup. Actually, I feel kind of confident that I'll be throwing them in my lineup rather than throwing in somebody who's you know, kind of mediocre and doesn't have the best matchup in the world. So yeah, so I'm going to talk about all that stuff. So let's let's start with the Ezekiel Elliott situation. So basically, the NFL ruled that Zeke can play week one, but the six-game suspension is upheld. Now, remember, Zeke filed 
an appeal, and that appeal is, you know, basically a restraining order that tries to block the NFL from keeping that suspension upheld. Now, that ruling should come down on Friday, and we should have more information whether Zeke is suspended those six games still, whether that suspension got reduced, whether it goes back down to zero. Uh, You know, we're going to have a lot more information this weekend, but Zeke, you know, you can definitely put him in your lineups this week. It's not the best matchup in the world against the Giants. The first game of the season last year, he had 20 carries for, I think, 80, 50 yards or something like that. It, it really wasn't great. But, you know, in the second game he played the Giants, he did a lot better. I think he crossed that 100-yard mark, but I don't think he got a touchdown in that game. Another thing I wanted to mention was, guys, make sure that you take out all of your Miami Dolphins players and all of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers players out of your lineups. They will not be playing this week. This is going to be considered their bye week. So they will play 16 games consecutively from now until the end of the season. So if you have any of those guys in your lineups, J.J., Mike Evans, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, Jaquiz Rogers, Jameis Winston, uh, Jay Cutler, I don't know. If you have any of those guys, take them out. They're not playing this week. All right, so let's get started uh, talking about the wide receivers with their, you know, with decent cornerback matchups. And I'm going to start with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Darius Slay, he is a good cornerback, but he rarely comes into the slot. And that's where Larry Fitzgerald plays. Um, Slay only played about 4% in the slot last year, so we're not going to expect him to come in the slot at all in this game. Quandre Diggs and DJ Hayden are the guys who are probably going to be manning the slot. And to be honest, both of them aren't that good. Pro Football Focus rated both of them a 43.7 and a 42.9, respectively. Um, So I I expect Fitzgerald to get a ton of targets in this game. And, uh, you know, Carson Palmer might want to stay a little bit away from the outside, from Darius Slay. So, you know, expect Fitzgerald to uh, have a great game. Sammy Watkins is another guy I wanted to talk about. He has a great matchup. You know, he has rookie Quincy Wilson or either Rashawn Melvin, one of those guys you know, or both of them will be covering him. Um, he does have a tough schedule this week when it comes to his matchups um, and his cornerback matchups specifically. Um, so if you're going to start him, this would be the week to start him. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of questions about that Rams offense. But, you know, to be honest, Sammy Watkins, when he's on the field, he's an elite player. And I expect the game plan to be to get him the ball as much as possible. Stefan Diggs, uh, Delvin Bro, he's on IR for the Saints. Uh, so that leaves rookie cornerback Marshawn Lattimore and PJ Williams to cover Diggs on the outside. Remember, Diggs is moving to the outside and Adam Thielen is moving to the inside, to the slot. So Thielen becomes more of the better floor play in PPR leagues. And we can expect Stefan Diggs to have a lot more big plays this year. We saw towards the end of the year that Adam Thielen was getting those big plays, but he was playing on the outside. So now they switch roles. And now that Diggs, Diggs is, you know, honestly, you know, he is the more electrifying player. He's the guy who, you know, is, is capable of creating bigger plays. So, you know, this, this move to the outside isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I wouldn't necessarily consider him a safe floor play in PPR. I think he is a regular play now, and we're hoping for a lot more bigger plays. And, you know, that could be advantageous to us because if he can provide a a bigger ceiling, um, you know, he can can possibly be a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. And that's a big if, obviously, but that's what the Vikings are trying to get out of that guy. He's a very talented receiver. Brandon Marshall. Nolan Carroll should be covering him. PFF rated him 44.6 last year. Um, You know, and whether Odell Beckham plays or not, 
this is a good matchup for Marshall. If Beckham doesn't play, he gets more targets, and if he does play, he'll be taking coverage away from Marshall. So, you know, Brandon Marshall can benefit either way, you know, in this case. So, um, you know, the Giants are going to be down in this game according to the odds. Um, Dallas is favored by a few points, so, you know, I would expect Eli to be trying to come back, and they might be in a positive game script for their receivers. Jeremy Macklin, um, we didn't really get a chance to see him build a rapport with Flacco because Flacco was out for a lot of the preseason, but, you know, he should be coming out of the slot and seeing a lot of dark keys. Dennard, PFF rated him at a 47.3, so not great. Um, you know, if he's coming out of the slot, though, I expect Flacco to find him early and often. Flacco likes to dump it off to his running backs, and he likes to dump it off to his tight ends, um, and, you know, uh, Macklin's going to be in that area to short intermediate passes that Flacco likes. Jamison Crowder, um, he should be seeing a lot of Patrick Robinson. Pro Football Focus rated him 51 out of 100, so not great. Remember, Crowder is the only receiver Cousins has a real rapport with. He's going to be looking at him as a safety blanket, and maybe in the red zone as well, since Reed, Jordan Reed doesn't really score touchdowns against the Eagles in the last few years. So, you know, this might be something that um, kind of puts it over the top if you're trying to, de- to decide whether you want to start Jameson Crowder or not. Robbie Anderson, he's going up against a rookie, Tredavious White. Now, you know, he's a highly touted rookie, you know, from college, but, um, you know, he could probably exploit this matchup a bit. You know, White doesn't really have the speed to keep up with Anderson, and if McCown is looking for Anderson, as we expect him to do, um, we could see a few big plays from that duo. Um, This is going to be a really ugly game, but, you know, we could see a couple big plays, and the Bills' defense isn't what it used to be. Um, this is projected as a low-scoring game, uh, just because of how messy it's going to be. But I do think that Robbie Anderson will get his, um, especially in this matchup. We know Josh McCown likes to throw it deep. We know that he makes fantasy relevance out of players that usually aren't fantasy relevant. Um, so you know, even though Robbie Anderson is, you know, he's he's a legit wide receiver. Um, you know, I think they could really hook up in this game and take advantage. Eric Decker. He has a great matchup this week. He's seen TJ Carey coming out of the slot. Uh, TJ Carey is rated at a 69.8 um, from Pro Football Focus. Um, Decker's touchdown efficiency combined with Mariota's is just a match made in heaven. You know, Mariota's so efficient in the red zone. Um, and Decker, you know, I was looking at his career stats. Um, and if you look at all the games that he started compared to how many touchdowns he scored, he has a 70% chance of scoring a touchdown. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, you know, I, I don't see that changing. He's been on multiple teams, um, and he's done it with all the teams that he's been on. So um, I, I wouldn't worry about uh, starting Decker. You know, if you have somebody who doesn't have a, such a great matchup, I'd be pretty confident in putting Decker in my lineup. This is the highest scoring game of the week also against Oakland. It should be a shootout. Um, so, you know, the, high, the expected total here is 50 points. So, you know, I expect him to, uh, you know, really hook up with Mariota and hopefully get a touchdown. All right, so I'm going to move on to the running back handcuff chart that I put up on UpperHandFantasy.com. Um, there's a few guys that I wanted to highlight. You can take a look at that chart um, just to kind of take a look at you know who the handcuff is, whether there even is one, what's, what's the confidence level that if the starting running back goes down, um, that the other guy is worth rostering, um, you know, and even rostering now. If you have that starting running back, it's always you know a good idea to handcuff in my opinion handcuff a starting running back if that handcuff is going to get all three downs um especially so so he, here are a couple of guys so James Conner you know there was news that uh the Steelers cut 
all their running backs besides James Conner. So he's the clear handcuff. We also saw in the in one of the preseason games that Conner had about 20 carries in the game for almost 100 yards. So they were testing him out just to see if he can carry that workload, and they seem pretty happy with that. So if you are Le'Veon Bell, grab James Conner. Um, you know, he should be an every-down asset uh, if Le'Veon happens to go out. There are a couple obvious guys in here, like Darren McFadden. You know, he's the every-down workhorse uh, if Zeke is, when, Zeke, when Zeke is out, if he's out with that suspension. Um, you know, LeSean McCoy, I wanted to bring that up. You know, the Bills cut Jonathan Williams. That was kind of a surprise. And it was an even bigger surprise that no one picked him up, picked him up off of waivers. Uh, but he did get signed to the Broncos practice squad. So there is no real handcuff for Shady, and I wouldn't roster one. I have no idea who, who it's going to be. I mean, is it going to be Mike Tolbert? I mean, that sounds kind of ridiculous. So I'm not sure who that is. But, you know, if you're a Shady owner, don't worry about the handcuff. Hopefully Shady doesn't go down. Derek Henry, he's another obvious handcuff. Um, you know, he was drafted pretty early uh, for a handcuff, and a lot of people expect him to, uh, you know, get a lot more work. I don't agree with those people. I think that he might get a little bit more work, but DeMarco Murray is their main guy. Um, they're loading up on their offense to, uh, you know, make sure that this is a team that can make the playoffs, and I think Murray is the best back on the team uh, for them to be able to accomplish that. Um, Malcolm Brown. When Todd Gurley was out during the preseason, Malcolm Brown seems to be the every down back um, behind Todd Gurley. So, you know, if you have Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown might be a guy to roster. But, you know, at the same time, this offense isn't something I'll be too excited about. So, you know, I'm not too worried about it. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen is probably somebody that you want to roster if you have Jordan Howard. Um, Is he going to be an every down back? That remains to be seen. He did have a lot of work during the preseason, uh, but there are a couple of other guys on the roster um, that could could take some work away from Cohen, not 100% of it. But, you know, he is worth rostering. Uh, who else do we have here? So Latavius Murray, obviously, if you have Dalvin Cook, he's somebody good to roster. Murray will probably get all three downs if Cook were to go down. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he doesn't have a handcuff. We saw what the deal was with Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon. There was basically no running game, uh, so so I wouldn't worry about that. Matt Breida, it seems like he will be the handcuff to uh, Carlos Hyde. They cut Tim Hightower. Uh, Joe Williams is on IR, so Matt Breed is the guy. And we've seen injury history from Carlos Hyde. Uh, so if you have Carlos Hyde, I would definitely roster Matt Breed. And Breed did look good in the preseason, so, um, you know, he's not just a chump. He should be there every down back, uh, you know, if Carlos Hyde were to go out. Alfred Blue. Um, well, Lamar Miller, but Alfred Blue, uh, he it seems like he has a high ankle sprain right now. Um, so, you know, if you're a Lamar Miller owner, Deontay Foreman might be a guy that you want to put in your lineup. Um, he looked good in the preseason, so uh, you, you never know. He could actually become a goal line back at some point. So he's not only a handcuff, but he might be somebody that can provide value even if Miller uh, is the main guy. DeAndre Washington is the handcuff to Marshawn Lynch, but... We all know that if Lynch were to go out, Jalen Richard would see a lot of that work. But behind this offensive line, DeAndre Washington can have a second opportunity. You know, he had an opportunity last year when Latavius went out and couldn't take advantage of it. But this year, he might have gotten better. Um, you know, he's a good back. He was very productive in college. Uh, so if Marshawn Lynch were to go out, go down at his old age, not predicting anything, but if he were to go down, I think DeAndre Washington would be the main guy and the back to own. Um... Doug Martin, uh, Jaquiz Rogers obviously is the handcuff there. Um, I don't think that Jaquiz Rogers will keep this job once Doug Martin goes 
uh, comes back from, from his suspension. And while Doug Martin's out with that suspension, I would just kind of keep an eye out. Jaquiz Rogers might not get all three downs. They still have Charles Sims, and Charles Sims could get a lot of that passing work and a lot of that third down work. Now, when Doug Martin comes back, Charles Sims could take that third down work as well. But when Doug Martin was in the game in the preseason with the starters, Doug Martin played all three downs, and he looked good on all three downs. So um, if Doug Martin can be an uh, every down back when he comes back, man, he's going to be valuable, and he's going to be a steal in drafts. Rob Kelly. Samaje Pirine is the clear handcuff behind Rob Kelly. Pirine did fumble um, you know, in that first preseason game, and we know how much they hate fumbles. Matt Jones was benched last year because of it, uh, but Matt Jones was cut. So Pirine is the clear starter. He looked pretty good in the in the preseason, you know, besides that fumble. Uh, but you know, I would roster Pirine if you're a Rob Kelly owner. Jamal Charles seems like the handcuff to C.J. Anderson, uh, although if C.J. Anderson were to go out, I don't think Jamal Charles would be able to handle the full workload, so I don't necessarily see him as somebody you need to roster um, You know, if you're a C.J. Anderson owner at this point. Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram are obviously the handcuff to each other. If one of them goes down, the other will become very valuable. You know, although I think Mark Ingram would be even more valuable if someone like Adrian Peterson goes down, just because we know that Ingram could could really uh, you know be effective in the passing game as well. It's not really Adrian Peterson's forte to play on third down and to catch all those passes. So like I said, you could take a look at, you know, this chart at upperhandfantasy.com. You know, there's a running back I didn't mention. Just take a look at it. I kind of give a little brief explanation, um, you know, next to each one. So go ahead and take a look at that. I want to move on to QB streaming. There are four guys that I'll be willing to stream this week. One of those guys is Carson Palmer. He's going up against the Lions, um, you know, and the Lions weren't that good at stopping the pass last year. Uh, they gave up the third most points to QBs, um, and they were just the worst passing defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. Darius Slay, like I said earlier, he should be covering the outside. He doesn't come into the slot. So, you know, expect Carson Palmer to hook up with his boy, Larry Fitzgerald, and David Johnson ton in this game. Um, John Brown is healthy for this game. Jerron Brown will be seeing more time. J.J. Nelson's here, and he, you know, he'll come in for some deep shots down the field. So the receiving core is somewhat stable at this point. Um, you know, remember last year from week eight on, Palmer threw for almost 300 yards per game and two touchdowns per game. So, you know, if he can continue on that pace, I expect him to do the same this week. Another reason why I like Palmer is because he has a couple of plus matchups in the next couple of weeks. So if he's the guy out of these four that you can pick up off the waiver wire, that's the guy I would get. Sam Bradford, um, he's going up against the Saints Monday night, and, you know, we just know the deal with the Saints, right? They gave up the most passing yards per game last year. Um, They were at the bottom of the league in DVOA passing-wise. They gave up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks last year. Um, the Saints' top corner, Delvin Bro, he's on injured reserve, and that doesn't leave a whole lot, you know, left for this defense. So, with an improved offensive line, I think Bradford will have more time to throw. Um, he'll even have a running game this year with the additions of Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, uh, with the emergence of Adam Thielen, who is moving to the slot and then moving Stefan Diggs to the outside. We could see this offense taking a big step forward this year, and I don't think there's a better place to start than at home against the Saints. Uh, Tyra Taylor, you know, he's had a rough preseason there's been talks of you know the rookie quarterback starting over him uh you know he had a concussion this week he's been cleared to play and the head coach confirmed that he's going to be starting against the Jets so um with all that being said 
you know, this is going to be a low-scoring affair as well. Um, but, you know, we just know that Taylor provides a solid floor because of his rushing yards. It's just, you know, in fantasy football, it's just it's it's different calculations, right? Uh, he averaged 40 yards on the ground per game last year, um, and he ended up being a QB1, you know, because of that floor. Um, he averaged 18.2 fantasy points per game. You know, and if he throws a couple of touchdowns and adds 250 passing yards uh, to that, you know, floor of 40 yards per game rushing, he's at 22 points in standard scoring. So, you know, against this depleted Jets team, we can definitely see that happening. Remember, he was without Sammy Watkins almost all of last year, and he was just fine, fantasy-wise. He His number one receiver was Robert Woods. He'll still have Jordan Matthews, rookie standout Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, and don't forget about LaShawn McCoy, right, coming out of the backfield. So, um, you know, this often this offense isn't what it was, but he still has a few weapons left for him to be able to move the ball against the Jets. I always hate saying Eli Manning when it comes to QB streaming. I get nervous every time I put Eli into my lineup, uh, but we can't deny his matchup this week. Um, you know, I would only play him if OBJ is active. Since this is a Sunday night game, we might find that late. So if he doesn't play, hopefully Sam Bradford is still on the waiver wire uh, for Monday night. Uh, so the total for this game is 47 with the Giants as underdogs. So we might see Eli trying to come back in this one. Um, the Cowboys defense, they lost six starters from last year. Um, and if Marshall and OBJ are on the field, Manning should have no problem moving the ball. Nolan Carroll and Anthony Brown are not going to be able to hold these two. Uh, and this is a young defense, and they might get exposed a little bit Sunday night. So, um, you know, I wouldn't, I would have a hard time putting Eli Manning in my starting lineup. But if, if you have somebody, you know, who doesn't have as good of a matchup, you know, who's not one of those elite guys, you know, I would definitely, um, you know, plug him in if you don't have any of these other guys on your waiver wire. So that should do it for this episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I do plan on recording another podcast tomorrow, and I'm going to talk about some start sits. Um, I'm also going to talk about some defensive streaming, so stay on the lookout for that. You can follow Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. You can follow us on Twitter at Upper Hand FFB. You can follow me, Faraz Siddiqui, at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy the game tonight, and talk to you tomorrow.